Welcome to the Freedom to Coach podcast with Gemma and Makala. We're both coaches and entrepreneurs, passionate about teaching you how to set up and run your coaching business, create more time and manage your mind. Because you're changing the world one mind at a time. Hello and welcome to the Freedom to Coach podcast, episode 58, the podcast for coaches who are looking for more time and freedom in their businesses so they can keep on coaching. Hello, hello, welcome. It's Gemma and Mikala here with you today. Plus, we have a special third, though there's three of us today, which is a little bit exciting. We're welcoming the amazing Nikki Hammond. Hello, Nikki. Thanks for joining us today. Hello, thanks for having me. <laughs> no worries. We're very excited to have you here. Yeah, so, and it's a welcome back too. It is a welcome back. I do apologize. So that's actually very exciting. It's a twice having you on. So we're thrilled. We are very thrilled. She is another fellow Australian coach and we adore her. So instead of talking about you while you're here, <laughs> <laughs> why don't you remind our viewers about you and tell us what it is you do and who you work with? Sure. Um, so I work with I work as a coach. I've been working with other coaches for a few years and I've more recently gone back to work doing what I used to do before I was coaching, which is community development at a local council. Yeah, I'm in this youth space. So I'm working on activities, projects, events for young people, collaborating with local services. Wonderful. I love that. So yeah. good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and that's actually the reason that we wanted you um, to come onto the podcast today with us because we wanted to chat about when, how to know, what signs to look for when it might be time to consider or entertain the idea of going back to full-time employment and what that might mean for your coaching business. So you recently went back to full-time work. How's it going? Like it sounds like you love what you do and it sounds like it's pretty awesome work. It's pretty awesome work, but it's also been a bit of a shock to the system, honestly. And I've been back for about three months and I'm so used to working for myself. (laughs) And now I have a work plan and I have to answer to supervisors. So I do really enjoy the work. I mean, the work that we do in coaching is actually kind of similar to community development work because I have to identify needs and then respond to needs. But instead of on an individual basis, it's on a community basis. So um, that's fun. But then I kind of forgot how stressful it is to run events. And I've got a couple of massive events coming up and I've been working by myself solo in my own business for six years now Mm. so having a supervisor like I said is a really interesting process and I and I realize how much I appreciate like a very strong and um an experienced leader yeah awesome it's kind of funny because like I I went back to a day job um a couple of years ago after I got sick. So I work part-time, three days in a day job, two days in my business. And I actually do something really similar to you. And I get to use coaching in what I do as well. 
um, because I work as a small business facilitator. So we run lots of events and workshops and webinars and things, teaching people how to start and run small businesses. And I was the same thing. I'm like, oh, my God, this is so much work. It's like so much more than just showing up on a Zoom call and coaching a client. And, yeah, having the whole because when I first started, we were funded by the federal government, so we had to do the work plan. And reporting, do you have to do, like, reporting and things? Look, I have to, I have to sort of send in numbers but not a huge report. That's not part of my role. But people in my work are doing reporting, so I'm lucky at the moment I don't have to do that. <laughs> I was like, what is this? <laughs> it's like not only am I working for someone else and, you know, having to account for everything, but having to do this reporting too it was it was mind-blowing yeah (laughs) I think um but in the same like in the same breath not having to do the marketing and the sales for me Mm, is like such a huge relief Mm. so it's 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 you know we came from a school we said life is 50 50 and I'm like yeah it's totally 50 50 (laughs) you know there's the good absolutely yeah, that's true. It's um, it's yeah, it's interesting. Um, I think we get so used to doing all the sales and marketing that um, yeah, it must be such a shock to be like, oh, hang on, wait up, I don't need to what? <laughs> yeah, you I know? don't have to post every day and like be thinking about that and like thinking, oh, this is a situation I could use to like teach something or constantly mm. thinking about. Mm. Yeah, yeah, wow, huge difference. Um, I'm really curious, how was your decision? um to do it like to go back to work how was how was the process for you the deciding and and doing it the process was so hard because it wasn't actually instigated by me and Mm. I think this is like part of this conversation which is there is so much ego in a decision for many of us especially in the Mm. coaching industry but any small business to say oh now's the time I have to make a decision to come out of my business which is often like an identity piece to decide Mm. to go back to working and getting paid for work. It was actually my husband. My Mm. husband was watching me do my business. So I, I, I worked um, for a school. I consulted for businesses on the side whilst I had one-to-one clients. And I, over the last two years, I'd started to scale up. So Mm -hmm. I'd started to move into the space where I had a group program. Um, I had a course and and, and then I was coaching group. And he basically said, look, you know, I I wasn't making a huge contribution to the family because I was putting it all back in the business. Mm. And so it said, now's the time. You had all this time. Oh, there were times when I was making lots of money, but I was still putting it back. Like this is what we got taught as well. I was paying for coaches, paying for programs, paying for, you know, business stuff. And he said, okay, well, let's, let's, this is, you needed cutoff time because you can't just go forever, mm. not demonstrate that you can make a decent contribution back to the family. And I'm like, yeah, okay, fair enough. And so we actually made a date where it was like, okay, show us through this new program that you've been now promoting for like a year in the next like three to six months, you have to show me that you're going to get the numbers and the money. And I was like, okay, fair enough. I'll show you, I'll do that. And at first I was like, oh, this is going to be so easy. And then like the pressure started to mount. And as you know, as mindset coaches, it's so hard to sell and be in a vibe of like joyfulness or like fun and like sell when you're really stressed. There was mm. that. And I don't blame just that, but, but obviously I didn't make 
the cut. Like I had 16 um, coaches in my, in my final program, but it just, um, I ended up like discounting some of it. It just wasn't a reflection that it was going to be easy the next time Mm. to redo that and just make a consistent income. And the economy at the time was kind of fluctuating and I was looking at it and I knew that if, and I'd also just done a certification to be a breath worker. So I'm a certified Mm. breath worker as well. And I knew that like, yes, there's a possibility that any, like either of those businesses could take off, but there was no guarantee. Mm. And my husband was pretty much like, we're done. Like, come on, you you just need to go out and, and have, and I was like, no, 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 no. And then I went, okay. And then I went, yes. And I ran towards it. Like that was the process because <laughs> mm. I suddenly realized like it's, it's almost when you've done business for so long, it almost feels magical to just get a paycheck. Like it's, I'm on the opposite side now where I'm like looking every two weeks in my bank account going, oh, I don't, I'm not doing the marketing. I'm not doing, because it's not just the marketing. It's like the preparation for a launch. What yeah. is it going to look like? What's my, my offer? And suddenly there was none of that. And I was like, oh, I just show up to work and I guarantee that. So there was a whole heap of kind of anxiety you know Mm. that anticipation am I going to do it am I not that kind of got lifted when I did that as well yeah right yeah Yeah, it that I have to say like the reason I went back was to reduce my stress and it absolutely does do that it's so nice to just go oh look a regular amount in my bank account each week and what did I do I showed up at nine and I've worked until five (laughs) and it's yeah the the brain space that it gives you because like you said even when we're working in our businesses we might have set days but we've still constantly got in the back of my of our mind oh there's a new bit of information what can I do with that how can I use it what could I teach through that so your brain never stops particularly as a coach I think too yeah yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, so interesting. Um, but what what we would love to talk about as well, and like Mick and I got sort of stuck into talking about this a little while back, and that's why like we have to invite Nikki and speak to her. Um, is like the thrill of leaving your day job. So we've all done done it the the first way you know we've all left our day job we've all started our businesses pursued our passions done all of that and there's that thrill and that excitement and that real sort of um interest from people that's like a positive thing like oh wow well depending we all did it a while back so do you remember when we first did it people like oh my god no you're crazy what are you doing and what do you do? You sit at home and do nothing. Do you remember that? Remember yeah, that like everyone was like terrified. Oh, you're so brave and I'm so jealous. And yeah. yeah, yeah. But then they didn't understand it because this was so far before working from home was even thing, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, but, yeah, it was that like, oh, my God, you're brave and I oh, could never do that. However, now it's so different, you know. People are like, oh, well, he's starting a business. But we're looking at it backwards now. So we've really noticed how people view it really negatively. Like, oh my goodness, you know, you're leaving your business to work for someone else. It's almost viewed as bad. I don't know what, let's discuss, shall we? (laughs) Yeah. What do you think? I think there's a kind of 
like failure mm, like absolutely about like oh what you didn't make enough money in that business and then I think that what exacerbates it in the coaching industry is that so many successful coaches use monetary examples for success mm-hmm. and so you've got like the benchmark the hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars and and the really vocal really like parents like the the coaches that we see like over and over again are probably the ones who are just going you know living a luxurious life and talking about their hundred thousand their million their you know zero 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 how many figures they've got um and so there is a huge piece of ego I think to admit hey I didn't I didn't make the money and I you know for me what was really interesting because I actually did a bit of business coaching as well and so I think for me, there was actually, even though I did business and maybe there should have been more ego, there was actually a bit of freedom in there because I understood what I wasn't willing to do in order to make money. So there's an ethical piece in there mm. where I was like, I'm just not willing to overpromise. I'm not willing to pressure people into using their credit card or making a purchase that they're not going to be happy with afterwards. And so I sort of knew how to make a lot of money but I just also wasn't willing to do it in that way. And so what it means is I I couldn't lean on these tactics that I wasn't willing to partake in. I had to lean on really genuine value and like who I was being in order to show up, you know, on social media to people who didn't know me or value to people who were like, you know, building a relationship with me as we know that's how we build a business. And, and I was okay to say, well, maybe I'm not that person yet, to be able to do a business that's like $100,000. And the other thing is that I think comes into this equation is also, oh, and doing it without spending time. Like this idea where, you know, business gurus are telling us like, oh, and you can do it without like hustling. You can do it like two days on the Mm. beach with a cocktail in your hand. Yeah. And so I think like we see that and we're like, I didn't do that, but it's like, no, those people, like the reason why they make money is because they blatantly lie, I think. And then and then they put this pressure on other people to think that it may look like that. But I think we have to decide like what we're willing to sell and how we're willing to sell and the relationships we're willing to build mm. with the people who work with us. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. It's really interesting. Um and I've, I've never thought about it that way, like what you're willing, you know, to do just to take someone's money. And I think we do see that, unfortunately, a lot in the coaching industry. You mm. know, people are just just taking money, you know, and we have seen so much over-delivering, so much happening. And it's really interesting. And I think for anyone listening as well, if you're having the same sort of thoughts, like don't feel bad or guilty about having having those thoughts and thinking about that because maybe ethically for yourself and your own values, it's not right for you. Some people can, you know, do it easily and make that money easily while they're sitting on the beach having a cocktail, you know, and working one day a week and making however much money or whatever the internet tells us these days, (laughs) you know. But, yeah, and now I've really, look, really sparked something there for me as well. I've never been someone to just take someone's money if they're really not interested in it. I mean, there is objection handling, of course, but there's objection handling for me and probably you to a point. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Mm. 100%. Yeah. So interesting. 
I just want to go back to something you said earlier, Nikki, about um, the monetary success. That's actually a really big one. Like That's something that I come up against now because I'm like I've got very different circumstances at the moment and my life is changing. I'm going through a divorce. Because of my health condition, I can actually like I can only manage working part-time. So I work the part-time in my job. I'm only six, six clients at a time in my business. Like I've scaled everything right back and I'm now kind of looking at a life out in front of me as a single person and trying to work out how I can make that work and what I can make that look like not earning like $100,000 and all that sort of thing. And the whole, the ego around that and and trying to redefine what success looks like mm. in life and business when it's not coached in terms of a dollar amount, that's such an interesting thing that I've been struggling with and flipping upside down and looking at from different angles and being okay with a business that kind of, you know, because you you keep your, you sort of are still doing a little bit in your business now. Yeah. You aren't you, Nikki? You are yeah. still seeing some clients. Yeah, I've got a few clients. I'm not, not inviting people to come work with me, but I've got a few um, people who still coach with me and I've got a few breathwork sessions that are like <laughs> very sparsely, <laughs> you know, that I do in the background. But, I mean, when you talk about that, Makala, it's like there's a privilege as well to be able mm-hmm. to invest in learning the skills and building a business. Like I couldn't have done that as a single mum, I don't think. I wouldn't have had the ability to, I don't know, the time and energy, but also the mental space to just mm. have like knowing that, you know, sometimes someone's there just like hanging out with the kids or, you know, we'll go shopping for dinner if we like get to that, you know, that 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 I couldn't have, I don't think I could have built it or it would have been such a hustle on the side. I wouldn't have quit my job to be able to do it either. I don't think mm. it's my thought. Yeah. But with with the comment you made about the mental space, like how do you find like doing what you're doing in your business now, like how, how do you think of your business? Do you, I guess what I'm trying to say is for me, having all the stress, the financial stress taken off my business, I freaking love it. I have so much joy on the days and times when I do work in it now. It's like everything comes easier. The clients, I don't do any marketing or anything. The clients just come. The content just comes. It's like taking off that got to earn the money piece from the business, which, you know, is the mindset we're always trying to work on. But actually physically having that lifted off, it just makes such a difference for me. And I'm I'm interested, like, do you find that too? Or because you're working full-time and I'm not working full-time, is it kind of a bit of a burden or something still? Like, how do you find that now? I've never really felt like the one-to-one coaching has ever been a burden. So that's interesting because I do enjoy it so much. Um, so, but I have to say, I'm not there yet where you are because I'm still recovering. (laughs) I'm still recovering from like one, all the work that I've done, which is, which is 
like physical and emotional labor when you're building that business. And I've worked really hard in my business and then starting a new job, which is, you know, there are lots of difficult things I do in my job and new things to learn because it's the local council, a lot of processes and all of that. Um, And then events on top of that. So, so I'm still, I'm still, and, and someone said to me, took me six months to kind of like, feel okay and on top of the job and I kind of feel like that I'm Mm. not on top of my job yet and so I do see what you're saying though Makala I 100% see it because in the background it's a little simmering where I'm like oh I'm going to keep I'm going to launch and every my course which I built which I love which lots of people have enjoyed just for fun like like and also to see could I make money from it as an evergreen course so there is this background and, and launch a podcast. Like there is in the background, I know I want to do it, but I don't have the energy yet to do that. And I know when I do it, there's no pressure for it to be mm. an income earning thing. It's just like this. And the attitude that we want to um, often get to is like this experimental attitude. I wonder how it's mm. going. like this really curious attitude. Oh, I wonder this fun attitude. Like all I have to do is like what I enjoy and let's see how that lands. So I totally see it. Yeah. Yeah awesome and do we think it's possible to do both run our businesses and work full-time yeah I think that's what I think that that's what some people didn't leave their job and they Mm. they're sometimes out there going like oh like I'm so jealous you know that's the word that you use and and that kind of made me go yeah I remember those people and the people who say like I wish I could do that but I just can't we'll be like those people but with the a whole lot more wherewithal, what it's like to work full-time, what is in our own business and knowing that it really is a choice. Like, and we've Mm. already built that business. So I think that we, like, because we've come from this place where we've had business that has supported us financially at some point, we have all of those skills. Whereas I think the people who are really afraid and they're sitting there going, I don't know if I want to do this. Maybe they haven't had the, some of them might have, but many of them might not have had the time and the energy invested to get their their own personal abilities, their own business to that point where they where they actually know what it feels like to like get the clients and make the money and da, 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 da. but it feels easy. <laughs> yeah, like that's a really interesting point. That's so true. It's like, of course, for us, if we did want to return to full-time employment and then start something up, it is an easy thing. It's like we've been there, we've done that to the big scale, to the full-time scale. It's like maybe that's why I find it so much fun now and so easy now because it's like it's just a little bit instead of doing the whole big massive machine, just doing a little bit of it and it, it's kind of cool and, yeah, it is kind of fun. So, yeah, that's that's a really, really good point. Yeah, so as you've now been back for a few months, um, what are you finding are some of the positives and negatives, I guess, you've experienced between running your own business and then returning to employment? Um, in terms of what we've sort of covered stress a bit, um, but I guess work-life balance, job satisfac- satisfaction, like what are you finding are positive and negatives there between? Uh, so I think this is quite specific because work-life balance and job satisfaction 
really has a lot to do with the management who's sitting, you know, in my office. Mm. So, but, but we can compare it to when you compare it to working for yourself. So I guess working in my own business, my work-life balance was actually not that great, to be honest. I was always hustling for the next, the next launch. Mm-hmm. And that's another reason why my husband was probably going like, hello, hello. Cause I, so, you know, that's the ego. I so wanted for it to be a success. Like I so wanted like to prove to everyone like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going to, you know, I can. And, and so um, it was hard to, it was hard to disconnect. And I think one of the things from, I don't know whether you felt the same way, but when we got sold being a coach, they didn't really sell having a business. It was just Mm. like, oh, you become a coach and you have clients. And then when you actually get into it and you realize like it's a business, like you kind of, have this baby business, which you have to bring up from, you know, infant, you know, babyhood, infanthood, like, you know, toddlerhood to, to a fully fledged human, like, you know, in an analogy, a fully fledged business. Um, And so when you, when I realized that, and I was like, you know, I think it wasn't very conscious, like you're not consciously sitting there, like I'm spending all this time and energy focusing on this business. But my husband was watching me probably seeing me spend more and more time you know, thinking about the things that, you know, both of you mentioned, like, oh, what's going to happen next? How can I use this information? Da, 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 da. Um, I didn't really have that good a separation. Whereas now in a job, you're supposed to, and this is a training for me, like, you know, I get there at 8am and I want to, I don't want to be there for longer than 4pm, to be honest, at the moment I am. But, you know, you want to make sure that you're so time efficient and that you're getting all the work done within those hours and you don't want to be working outside of those hours. So you don't. So mm. I'm not thinking about, even though I say like it's stressful because I've got events, it's like I can switch off. Mm. Like I know by the time I've like said, okay, well, I'm going to finish for the day, close my laptop. Kids, what are you doing? I can go and do that. Um, yeah. And job satisfaction. I think this is a satisfaction in both of those things. Um I think that when you run your own business and you can do exactly what you want, there is something about that. There is something about that that's so beautiful, but it's also, but also you forget it's a privilege. Mm -hmm. So, and you think about work-life balance comes into that because, you know, my bosses are kind of like, here's another project. And I'm, and I'm like actually in rebellion at the moment going like, no, but I don't have time for it. (laughs) You know, I don't have time for this other project. But that's what happens in work. Like if mm. you if you've got KPIs and like there's a greater objective that your organization has, like that's what you've just got to deal with. Whereas when you're doing it in your own business, I guess that pressure is on your own shoulders, but also the choice is on your own shoulders. So that's kind of satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. You made an interesting point um early on there that it's actually where this podcast came from the whole thing about you know you just become a coach and you coach clients but no wait hang on you've actually got to start a business like that's why we started this podcast because we both noticed in our um coach training cohorts in our groups that so many of the people we finished the training and they went now what do I do how do I actually start coaching people and because both Gemma and I had had job, uh, not jobs, what are they called? Businesses beforehand. Like we went from 
the business we already had and became a coach from that. We had the skills and the knowledge on how to to start a business. So, you know, we didn't see that for ourselves, but we saw that for everyone around us. And that that was such an interesting thing because you're so right. It's like mm-hmm. no one was ready to start a business. No one had a clue. And you know what's interesting? We still don't call them small businesses, even though that's what they are. So, like, you know, the government might have, I don't know, support things. I know the TAFE has small business courses. At the time, I would never have thought, oh, I'll go do that. I'll just go pay $10,000 to that coach down the road, (laughs) you know, instead, because they've got all the secrets to getting clients, not how do I build a small business? What are are the things I need behind the scenes? It's so true. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That is, that is interesting because I, I actually did that when I first started my business. Um, I looked around to local council and government things and I actually applied and did one of those programs um, because, but this was, you know, far before I was coach, but I was like, oh, I mean, I'm starting a business that's locally here and within this community, this maybe what I should do. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I did all that sort of foundation stuff initially. So it is interesting. I, I wonder sort of what, I guess it's how we were marketed to, right? Because it, it is interesting because, ugh, yeah, so many of us were like, oh, we finish and clients are just going to appear. <laughs> it, it, like, it's so yeah. weird. I wonder why we thought that would happen. <laughs> what I mean? Like a but I was the same as start itself and run itself kind of. Yeah. Well, I was the same as you, Gem. Like when I started my business, like I literally went, okay, I need to make a success of this business. And I looked around for a program to teach me how to run a business, mm. like exactly the same thing. But, yeah, mm. it didn't occur to pretty much everyone mm. I did um, coach training with to do that I think but even the language you know it's more like a coaching practice than yeah. a business yeah but yeah it's you need all of those skills you need the financials you need you just need all of those skills in running a business like you it it is a business and I guess it's the ones that actually treat it like a business and learn how to do business are the ones that go further than the ones that, you know, just flounder around and do the whole field of dreams thing, build it and they will come. And they will come. I think language is an interesting point you make there because remember all of the just tell everyone you're a coach. Mm. Remember? And it's like, yeah, cool, but I told everyone that I've started a business and I'm a copywriter doesn't mean everyone needed me, do you know? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that's the other piece as well about coaching when you say not not everyone needed me. We're not an essential service. Mm. So actually not only are we in this industry that's very easy to enter, so it's inc- incredibly competitive, right? Um, it's also something that you have to be very good at, like, helping people understand and educating people what is coaching and why do they actually want to buy it mm-hmm. and so for the people who feel terrible out there like oh my god I failed it's kind of like no this is like this isn't it's not supposed to be easy 
Yeah. Like it really <laughs> isn't. Like we're talking about all the things that you need at the minimum baseline to get going. Like, yeah, the business piece and then, you know, the ability to to like educate people and say like this is why you need it. It's like and and then how do you make a business which can actually support a family? Um, to be honest, like I do have conversations in the back end as well where there, I hear a lot of people who are on the front end might not seem that stressed, but they've been doing it for six years. And I think it takes time, like takes time to build a reputation, takes time to, you know, get the referrals as well. However you base mm-hmm. your business, whatever you get your business on. Um, that's Let's give ourselves some grace, like give ourselves some grace and all of your listeners some grace that it's it's like freaking hard. <laughs> And you've just reminded me of something. Every month I do a getting started in business workshop. And one of the things that I always say is does your business or I get people to think about does your business solve a problem that people already know they have because that's what you want. Mm. You know, if you're trying to because if people already know they've got this problem, and they're searching for the solution. Mm-hmm. But if they don't know that they've got the problem, then it's like you're pushing shit uphill to start with. You've mm-hmm. got to educate the person as to why they need you before you can then sell to them. And it just dawned on me when you essentially said that just then, Nikki, it's like, oh, my gosh, we're doing exactly what I tell people not to do. It's like I, I used to work for a productivity consultancy And they had this great e-learning course that taught people to get their inbox to zero. But people didn't think that having an overflowing inbox was a problem back then, like this was pre-working from home. And so we had such a hard time marketing because you're trying to educate people as to, okay, this is all the reasons why it's a problem. So then that's why you need us. And it's like, yeah, that's the hurdle that we kind of have as coaches because it's not an essential service, especially in the current financial climate. It's not an essential service. It's a nice to have. And then trying to communicate to people, this is why you need a coach and convince them and then sell to them. It's like, you know, no wonder this can be such a difficult industry to really get a foothold in and really, you know, make, build a, successful income generating business from yeah and then having said like it's really hard I know people who like have done their work and they've like leveraged all of the skills that they've built over time and they like they they do get clients and for them it's relatively like simple but um I think they bring those skills to them so I mean I think there's all different kinds of experiences as well Mm. um and finding as well something that really resonates like that for me is like I don't think that I was born to be a coach for coaches like I fell into that I was good at it people like the way that I taught that stuff and I'll do a little bit more but maybe there's something else as well like maybe there's something personally connected to who I am more so that I'm going to be passionate about that I'll end up doing but I don't know yet and that's nice to not have the pressure Mm. yeah Makes a big difference. Um, well, I guess we should we should look at wrapping up. Hey, <laughs> of us could go on about this sort of thing forever. So, um, yeah, it's been awesome. Uh, but I guess 
for those listeners who are listening, where can they find you if if they wish to, Nikki? Where do they? <laughs> so I still have a website. It's www.coachescoach.co. C-O-A-C-H-S, coachescoach.co. And then my um, Instagram handle is the same. So I'm not currently posting, but I do like Instagram. So I'll be back there one day. <laughs> Love it. And what, what's our biggest tip you can leave with our listeners if they're pondering over going back to work full time? Drop the ego and decide what you really want. Mm. Like really let go of that part of you that's going like, oh, this is embarrassing or shameful or whatever it is that you're feeling. Mm. Be like, what's actually going to serve me best? And then lean into that and do your work to make peace with, you know, the mindset like oh, that I've, I have too. It's like, oh, this is really hard. I don't want to distance myself. But at the end of the day, do what's best for you. Like that's how we get to that place, to that decision. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There's no shame in it. It's and 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 also like I've I've already gone for a promotion, you know? You bring the skills that you've built in the six years or however long you've been working your business to 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 the job. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is interesting and fun. Like I I can see that I've I've got more skills, different. Um, but yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. Absolutely. I found that too. I I found, find that I'm definitely throwing myself more into the job now because, yeah, just all these different things that I've learned and the skills that I've built in my business. So, yeah, that's a really good point. I love that point. Amazing. Thanks, Nikki. Yeah, thanks thank for having you. me. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. That was so much fun. Hopefully we'll have you back again for something else, hey? Oh, good. <laughs> that brings us to the end of this week's episode in the Freedom to Coach podcast. Thank you again for being here. And to everyone else, have an awesome week changing the world one mind at a time. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit subscribe. If you'd like to learn more about how we can give you the freedom to coach, then check out our website, www.freedomtocoach.com.au. Until next time, take care and keep on coaching.